welcome to Geek Yogurt guys. Today is our first co with Sanjay. Hi, my name is Sanjay. Um I'm the co-host and No, you're just an employee. I'm not no, an employee. No, we just no. hired you from the street. It's okay. Alright. So, I'm going to be refer- referring to him as Saad. And I'm going to po- be referring to him as Bal. Because I don't think you introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. so I'm Bala, Pranav Bala. And yeah. I'm going to be your podcast host for, for the season. For the, for the season? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a seasonal thing. We just have season 1, 2, 3. Yeah. You know, multiple seasons of a podcast. Because that, yeah. that's how a podcast works. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Anyways. And so, we've, we've known each other for how long now? Like, like four five years? minutes. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I can, you know, I saw him in the street. I picked him up and he's like, you yeah. want to, hey, you want to do a podcast? And, you know, he's just, okay, so, he's so desperate for attention, man. Wow. Yeah. Okay, fine. So, to, so, that's, so how who's we, getting, that's how we met. So, who's getting our attention today? Linux, right? <laughs> yes, I guess. Yeah. Today, we are going to talk about Linux. Um, Linux. What is a Linux? How is a Linux? I mean, I am when a I am a Mac user, and right. you are the Arch user. You are supposed to know more about Linux. Right, that's true. I, I do know a lot of Linux, but let me give you some background. I'm basically, you know, I've uh, used Linux as a desktop, a daily driver for you know the past two years. I'm not here to convince you that it's good, and frankly, it's really not that great. Um, but I I still love it. I love using Linux. I'm a f- I'm a full time Mac user these days. Yeah, no, maybe he, for maybe he for the, sucks. That's okay. Maybe maybe I for the pa- maybe for the past year and a half I've been using a Mac, but prior to that I was like a full time Linux user, mainly switching between multiple different operating systems. Oh yeah, me me too. I mean, again, you know, two years. I mean, you probably use most of the most of the major operating systems. Um, yeah, not op. Hey, that's that is a misconception. It's not an operating system. I mean, Windows, distribution. <laughs> Windows, yeah. Windows, Linux. And oh, Mac OS. like yeah. that. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. And there are multiple. Definitely. You know, there's there's like a lot of subcategories. Of distributions under so. Linux, which are but, which but, are called yeah, distributions. You know, yeah. I think I think you know we're kind of going a little too far because you know of course Linux you have so much stuff you know it's great and all and but but if you actually look at the statistics right Linux is what in the top two point like in the bottom yeah, two like point three point five billion people three point yeah it has people. such a massive user base but jokes aside no Linux is a very I wouldn't say it's a tight knit it is kind of a tight knit community. But it's it's a no, very, it is it is a very welcoming and open community. Yeah, it's except the arts community. Leave, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Leave, leave the community aside. The point is like Linux is not very well known or used um, in the general space, right? And I I feel like that comes not just from a. I feel like you know if you gave it a shot, it would be worth it. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand what Linux is. And I mean, I mean, I think to understand what Linux is, I think we have to. Time travel back to the sixties. That's 1960s, true. We yeah. need to we need to go to the source of the the Linux phenomenon, right? And and I mean I mean let's you know talk about the timeline a bit. Like how did even Linux come about? Exactly. So so let's it's story time with Saj. In the nineteen sixties, right? Bell Labs, Bell Labs, uh, General Electric, and um. Yeah, Bell Labs and General Electric, basically. So the uh, these so these two, you know, conglomerates. You could say conglomerates joined together. They joined forces and they and they came up with something called Multix. Okay. Right. And and Multix was kind of like the original. So so you know it was. I'm not gonna go too much into the nitty gritties here, but the the most influential thing about Multix was that it was used in massive mainframe computers. Basically, like, basically the computer that was size of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know the and those those kind of computers only cooperate 
applications produce. Like for instance, they sold their operating system Multics or they've licensed their operating system Multics to uh, corporations like uh, General Motors and mm. Ford and you know whatnot. So uh, the point is they, so their operating system, right? It, it found a lot of success in this industry level thing. Uh, for instance, the, one of their biggest best-selling products was the uh, 6180. Right, okay. which was essentially a commercial system. Hmm. It was again, you know, like those room PCs, right? Hmm. And it was the equivalent of what we have, you know, right behind me, which is a big PC, right? It's 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 essentially the equivalent of that in an entire room. And you know, at the time, this was seen as something revolutionary, right? You know, the flagship phone of exactly. Of yeah, it was, this was seen like the the flagship phone equivalent of uh, corporate's uh, hardware, uh, mm. corporate corporation hardware, right? Corporation grade hardware, and, mm. and from there, where did it go? Like from yeah, there, yeah. so so I'll give you a little bit of context. It, okay. It it's a, so wasn't it sold to someone? Hmm? Wasn't it sold to someone? Um. Yes, it was. So the the sixty the sixty one eight the sixty one eighty was actually uh, developed by Honeywell, okay. which took over the project after Bell Labs left in nineteen sixty nine. Okay. But essentially, the the biggest thing about this right is that um the, the rather the biggest specification about it mm. was that it had a processor it it had the sixty one eighty had a processor which could run at one million instructions per second right and okay. back then this was freaking revolutionary wait compared to modern day what is the modern day instruction so uh when you compare it to modern day uh you know fifty years later the apple m one chip yeah would you like to guess uh no <laughs> okay, well, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you guess, you get it wrong because today's M1 runs at a whopping thirty-four thousand six hundred and fourteen million instructions per second. That is literally a six hundred and ninety-two x improvement over Whoa. fifty years. Like, so, the, like the tech growth, the, the exactly, tech exponential exponentially, curve. absolutely massive exp exponential growth, right? And that that has been the trend with technology in in every aspect of technology, transistors, size, CPU, power, you name it, and that has been the trend, right? But essentially, back then, this was you know the this was the creme la creme, right? Yeah. And you know it was it was the cream of the milk. Yeah, and yeah. this was also seven million dollars. <laughs> I I'm just at this point it's so hard to you know freaking believe seven million dollars for like. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, and you know, while it was really successful, its biggest drawbacks, right, mm -hmm. were that again, you could only run it if you had, you know, massive amount of funding and you were, you know, again, if only corporations, only like big massive corporations could afford this because it was seven million dollars in like nineteen sixty standards, which means today would have been like I don't know, forty million or something due to inflation. I'm not too sure in the numbers, but pretty much crazy amount. Right? I mean I mean uh, uh, speak uh, technically speaking, like if you hmm. had to get a supercomputer Right. Or a quantum computer in your for your organization, hmm. like those are considered the flagship of computing these days. Right? Yeah, I mean it would cost something in those. It ranges. would cost something. I'm not. I'm not saying it would, I mean, but like I I'm mean, just comparing. Yeah. I'm just comparing like in I mean, face value. I mean, one one to one comparison, it makes sense. Like yeah, definitely. I mean, how much as in how many instruction sets can i three run? Like it's probably like exactly exactly. It's so, it's pretty. So that's the point, right? It's pretty. Nuts. Probably a calculator. Things have probably changed. a calculator can. Perform better. Honestly, yeah, you yeah. probably like a Nokia flip phone can perform better. But the point is, you know, Multex was really popular at that time, right? And and so essentially, I told you about 1969 when Bell Labs eventually left the project, right? So mm -hmm. when when Bell Labs left the project and le led everything to Honeywell, right? Um, they so the 
the lead one of the leading you know project developers ken okay. thompson okay. you know went with bell labs right okay. and in 1969 he felt like you know he he felt like multics had potential right but the problem like but how you know, my he, parents feel with me <laughs> <laughs> ouch man <laughs> got to real for a sec but but um, the point is you know they, they he felt that multics had a lot of potential but he could do better they, you know what what multics did you know it could be done better in a more simpler way and you know more efficiently right so in 1969 he comes up with unix okay right and just Four years later, in 1974, I believe. Yes. So yeah, in 1973. Sorry, in 1973, he teams up with Dennis Ritchie, okay. invents the C programming language, and uses that language specifically to develop the newest version of Unix at the time, which was Unix version five. Massive revolution. You know, it's it's one of the the reason why it was so revolutionary is because they used the C programming language. So you know, one of the few times they actually used such a high level at at the time C. was considered a super high level right okay wait so high level language so high level languages are something that is close to human yeah, english yeah. right so so essentially high level ra- languages are languages that so the higher the level a lang- programming languages the easier it is to understand by developers like you okay so so something like python and javascript with says con- console.log yeah. or print exactly it's more obviously it's more yeah, easily so, human readable yeah. right but the lower level something is the more machine readable it is and okay. you know machine readability so like binary is like Yeah, binary ones, ones, ones and zeros. zeros. Yeah. The lowest level is binary. Okay. The next level is assembly, right? And C is kind of up here at the okay. time. Yeah. Right now it's considered lower level, but back back then, you know, that was the revolutionary thing. And you know, in 1978, essentially Unix version 7 came along and hmm. they licensed it to two different kind of branches right okay. one was the svr fi- svr4 or system 5 okay. funnily it's system 5 although it has 4 in it for some okay. reason and the other side is bsd okay. right and um, bsd one of the first operating systems in uh, B- uh, based on bsd hmm. was nextstep os okay. right and nextstep wait, wait wait was it nextstep owned by steve jobs wait a second hold up you're getting there you're hot okay. Okay, Nextstep OS was the OS that they used for the Next Cube, which was okay. owned by Next, which was owned by Steve Jobs, which Apple bought so that they could use the technology, the software that Next Cube used, i.e., Next OS, okay. to base it off of Mac OS. Okay. So in a you know, I I honestly really like these weird branches and how things just branch out. You know how you know how like plot lines go yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. and then branch out in the last episode. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, it's that is the birth of mac os right that they it came out of unix which you know came out of bsd and uh, one just one more thing i'd like to clarify bsd is basically stands for berkeley software distribution okay bsd and svr4 were actually are actually two um they, they are different like operating they're, they're you know licensed to different things and they have different qualities about them right that's the biggest thing and today's linux is kind of based on the svr4 model so essentially after unix came along one of the the, the next real big thing was minix right okay. and minix was invented in 1987 by okay. a man named a professor i think named uh, andrew s tanbaum okay. right and and he actually invented this operating system he developed this operating system so that he could as a kind of guide for his textbook operating systems design and implementation right and uh, and uh, you know one of the revolutionary things about this you know there were two really amazing things about this first of all it was the example of a microkernel so okay. i'll explain what a kernel 
thrillers and everything later but basically this was a never before seen kind of thing right and the second thing that was really great about it is that it had an incredibly inexpensive proprietary license okay right so um it got in the hands of a lot of hobbyists and developers right? mostly students i guess right mostly students of course and and one particular student from the university of helsinki helsinki um was linus torvalds Okay. So Linus Torvalds, you sounds know, he's very similar to Linux. Yeah, he sounds very similar to Linux. I wonder what's the significance. Oh, wait. He invented Linux. That's right. So Linus Torvalds, you know, he develops this thing and he basically takes a lot of inspiration. I mean, he doesn't take a lot of inspiration, but he is inspired by, you know, Linux. Okay. Right at the time. And what made Linux so, you know, again, what made this, you know, uh, now you might be now you might be wondering, there's so many of the Xs out there, right? So why Linux? Why is Linux what you're hearing about and not Unix or Minix, right? And the biggest reason why you're hearing about it you know more than these other operating systems today is because of the the biggest thing about it is that it is it was the first operating system that was free and open source okay so the, so that's where the fos came out exactly that is you know the birth of fos so linus torvalds developed this along with a foundation known as the fsf or the free software foundation okay. right and they developed this together and you know their goal that actually you know people like to say that oh linus you know was an activist he didn't like windows or he, you know didn't like proprietary software and you know while that's true to an extent i believe the main reason why linux was developed the main main reason why people love like me you know tech geeks love linux so much is because its philosophy was built around creating an operating system that's free that's open source that anyone can contribute and develop and you know really so it it becomes an amalgamation of different exactly. perspectives different theories and different preferences exactly right? and you know obviously the best theories the best implementations the best code is the one that really strikes out right yeah so i mean at the end of the day everything around us is sort of the amalgamation of multiple minds clashing together definitely definitely and linux is no and linux is actually the best i would say i would honestly say it is one of the best examples of such a collaboration because you know linux really propagated through these developers and these open source and these enthusiasts and i mean, I mean the, and the growth still hasn't stopped growth hasn't stopped it is you know constantly growing i, I mean, mean 90% of the internet is made of Yeah, 90% of the top 1,000 websites are built on, on top Linux of servers. Linux servers. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, Android is based on Linux. So is Mac OS. So is Mac OS. Yeah. Well, Mac OS is based, based on, on Unix. Unix. It's but... based on Unix. Whatever. Yeah. The point is, the point is, Linux is you know quite literally everywhere. But again, Linux is not an operating system here. Definitely right? not. So, it's, so, it's so like... uh, that's where I wanted to I wanted to come back to right now. But before that, you know, just a quick thing about Linux is. you know the reason why and that flexibility right the it, that flexibility stems the the fact that you can bend linux to do whatever you want i mean that's what it's used for today right it's used for so many things because it was open source because people could bend the rules because people could develop on their own see the code and then morph it to do something else right. right and you see that implementation everywhere even when it comes to you know today's the way a, a desktop a regular user would use linux right the biggest problem with linux back then and even today to an extent is that it's you know as it's not user friendly at all right it is very difficult or it was it's relatively better now but you know it historically has I never mean, been that way i mean so i think the problem stems from that people are used to multiple different things and linux doesn't 
fall into any of those categories yeah exactly linux doesn't fall into any of those it's categories it's it's on its it's on its own category yeah and and moreover you know again it's not historically like back then it was not the most user friendly thing you have to be you know a tinkerer or a geek to kind of use it to its fullest potential right i mean that's quite changed you know yeah it has changed a lot um and and you know again Uh, like I was saying, the the biggest thing about Linux is the whole philosophy that you can customize, that you can change things to your liking. For instance, uh, my operating system that I use today, so I uh, run Endeavor on, OS, right? Endeavor OS, okay. right? And it is based on Arch. Um, I'm an I use Arch by the way, and uh, <laughs> and it's based the, on uh, it's. Uh, the the joke is being an Arch user isn't fun. It's not fun, but it you know it is fun. I mean, it is, it is infuriating, mean, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, the community is ego egotistical. I so disagree. Is, I disagree. I mean, so is someone. It's, I know. Yeah, I bet you know he's. I don't yeah. know where I was going with that, <laughs> but um, but no, um, you know, I I use Arch, and you know, my distribution, my OS, it's. totally tailored to me right i get to mess around with what i want i get to change the way it looks on a whim right you know i if if i showed you my operating system it would be completely different from someone else's it's it's so unique to me right and that's that's special and that's you know that's a most basic real, realistically that's the most basic part right that's just the ui um but to really understand where the idea of flexibility comes from we have to understand i believe we have to understand you know the kind yeah. of core the root of it yeah. right and that comes from the linux kernel okay not operating system okay. so you might so have tell so hmm. tell me what a kernel is right 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 so so i'll give you the best analogy i can give you is like think of the operating system right okay. as the kind of the brains of the computer you know okay. your cpu and stuff or your your heart your lungs okay. blah 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 the operating system is the brain right and the kernel is kind of like the brain stem okay that connects the brain to all the parts okay. of your body right in this case this the pc the hardware so so the things that you can see like your os like your your wallpaper your browser your application mm. they are part of the os exactly but all the all the action that you take on it happens in the kernel yeah yeah so think of it like the so user os os kernel kernel so hardware so it's the underlying layer of everything exactly exactly it is so it's basically like when you want something hmm. you go ask your mom and mom. your mom ask your, your mom <laughs> yeah and then and then your dad buys you the yeah, thing so you know end product is that you get to yeah, interact with this and you get something it's the path that you take exactly so and, <laughs> and that that's exactly what is kind of happening here in a computer sense right and the so you know to explain more deeply right there are two essentially there are two different types of kernels right okay. there is the monolithic kernels and micro kernels okay. so minix actually was an example of a micro kernel so okay. in this case the user services and the system services are completely separated in memory they're isolated okay. so what that means is essentially every single you know it, there's a separation layer between what the kernel does with hardware and what the kernel does with the operating system okay right and essentially this means that you know everything is in its own kind of bubble right so every, everything is it's its own box yeah yeah and uh, if you have to access some so the system services are in a separate box and you user services are in a different box exactly so you probably need double the amount of memory even though you need you need more space to fill in for the user space right memory i'm not too sure as a, as a matter of fact uh, the monolithic form is more expensive memory but where the 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 good things about micro architecture i mean no micro architecture sorry uh, micro kernels right is that since everything is isolated drivers 
the the drivers are essentially you know the code that communicate with hardware right drivers if one driver fails for instance right that's going to be in its own isolated explosion essentially okay. right nothing else is going to be impacted in the okay. aftermath right everything is going to be fine but in a monolithic so uh, in a monolithic architecture right okay. monolithic kernels everything is one massive huge so fight. so in terms of security hmm. a micro kernel would be better because it if, would so if, if there's an attack on a single thing it doesn't affect it everything. doesn't affect everything no. and you can probably like detach it or you know from the main system so that it doesn't spread anywhere else definitely but why is linux considered to be more more monolithic no it's it's, it's monolithic but it's, why is it considered to be more secure uh honestly i think the biggest reason why it's more secure at least for the general user first of all you know its networking protocols and the way the user management stuff has been implemented is you know in its own you know privileges kernel privileges and user privileges in its own right is very robust right but another reason why is because linux is just so small that you know if you i mean picture yourself as a malware developer right someone who wants to infect as most people to make as most wreak most havoc as possible why would you target you know bottom 2% <laughs> you would target the 75% of people who use windows you would not I mean, bother with linux that that's honestly that's one of the biggest reasons why linux is so secure because nobody gives a shit so guys don't switch to, <laughs> don't switch to linux yeah because nobody gives a shit about you yeah I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I mean, at the end of this conversation, you probably will have an idea. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, you'll have an idea if you if you're a Linux person or maybe not. Just... We can't tell the future. Yeah, can we? No, we can't. So, anyways, I was talking about you know monolithic and uh, micro. So, li- so as you were saying, Linux is a monolithic. Yeah, yeah. So Linux is a monolithic kernel, and and the biggest reason why it was a monolithic kernel first first of all. I mean, aren't micro kernels better? Why didn't they just go with? Yeah, yeah. So, so the biggest reason why is because first of all, Linus Torvalds did not. like the <laughs> philosophy of microkernels because you know if you if there's a bug with a driver right yeah. in a microkernel you could, uh, yeah it's fine nothing dude i mean it's just a bug it's not going to blow up the entire I mean, system i so it's basically don't be lazy yeah no his see that's literally his philosophy you know okay. if if there is a bug you find it and you fix it don't wait for it okay. right and that that was his philosophy so he hated microkernels for that reason i mean and that that is a really good thing I it mean, is it is a pretty good thing i mean that, that's probably why windows it, <laughs> <laughs> oh throwing the windows shade beautiful but uh, <laughs> but um back to the point right? uh, he didn't like mi- microkernels for that reason and you know he was actually debated like before you know while he was working with fsf right you know why should we use microkernels we use uh, uh, this thing monolithic kernels and you know the biggest reason why they ultimately went with uh, monolithic kernels was because the again you know user and kernel spaces in mm-hmm. memory are not separated right and this means that in the long run this actually in increases performance you know exponentially right because now you no longer so essentially there is no you know there uh, processes aren't isolated everywhere they are joined together in one so you know communicating between the same memory space so you know in that one single memory space instead of multiple blocks of memory okay. right means that everything can happen you know communication between user to os os to kernel kernel to hardware happens much quicker a operating system mm. runs multiple different applications right each application is a user um, action right 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 so let's say a person's entire work on a computer mm. is is on chrome mm. he can suspend every single other background action so that more power is exactly so is dedicated to a single application exactly. you can i mean unless and until you close it i mean everything else can go back to the way it was mm. but as long as you're like full screen on a single application mm. 
the application can get the majority of can get preference over the entire any hardware or any software resources mm. right that's true yeah so in the long run monolithic kernels are better it does you can you can do the monolithic kernels just have more flexibility and that's all it is i mean that's probably why developers prefer yeah, it yeah exactly and monolithic kernels again there, there's a very important concept in computer science in or you know programming or whatever anything related to con- computers and that's abstraction even okay. design yeah, yeah actually pretty much everywhere abstraction right but in computers essentially you want the least amount as a developer of abstraction possible right because more abstraction equals more complexity which equals less performance hmm. right ultimately you want maximum performance i mean that's probably why the m1 is it's so good like i mean just the hardware wise hmm. everything else everything is within the same chip exactly so it's like it, you it, know that is a brilliant that is actually a very macro example for micro kernels yeah so right everything is packaged into one so everything is lightning quick yeah so we we're not against the right of repair right to repair yeah yeah that's yeah, this is an example of <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just you know again yeah. it's pretty that's that's the whole reason why it was monolithic and you know while that's great and all it still didn't you know circumvent the fact that monolithic kernels had one massive flaw and that massive flaw was that for instance if one device driver fails right since a monolithic kernel is essentially one massive file right if one line fails or one thing goes wrong everything goes wrong it blows up there is i mean it's, it's the an, weakest chain in a link kind I of effect i mean effect. it's sort of an early early caution don't, uh, yeah. don't, don't fuck up don't don't, <laughs> don't mess around you you mess around with linux it will mess you up man i'm serious yeah. i've learned this goddamn the hard way i've learned this the hard way i don't want to explain it but goddamn okay um okay i think i think it's better i think we should come back to use cases like really no uh, like use cases i guess yeah but uh, just to wrap up essentially right what well, the way the linux developers circumvented this issue of you know having a weak chain that blows up everything is a very one of the most innovative things about linux and really what even added even more to its flexibility was the ability to you know remove and replace and add kernel modules right okay. so for instance so sort of a lego thing yeah yeah so exactly like a lego thing right you have a building you have building blocks you have foundation now you know you build you know a spaceship but now hey i want to add two rocket boosters to my spaceship plop plop you know you you add, hey i want to add i'm just saying an example right i i, I think Works, i, I like, think a sandwich is a better example uh, so you you yeah, have actually. you have whatever you want hmm. if you want something just remove the top slice put everything on exactly put, and close it back again yeah yeah definitely so again you know that, that's a point so you can mess around with the kernel you 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 have you invent a new device for your computer you can write a kernel module for that yeah. and run it and you know like so like okay cool that's awesome <laughs> yeah. i think it's, that's how it's built it's built with flexibility it's built with less abstraction and it makes it for a wonderful environment to mess around with and tinkle with but you know that you know let's again let's now let's go back to the real world use cases you know let's right? come back to 2022 yeah, we had You've had enough of the history old... and the olden times. Let's let's. I mean, you've had enough history times. in school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> history is cool. Uh, yeah. So come back. So, hmm. who are the people in 2022 who might use Linux? I mean, that's that Look, the I'll be I'll be honest with you. Okay, Linux. You know, I'm, 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 I'll give you a really poignant way of saying this, right? I'm I've been using Linux as a daily driver for you know two years now, almost two years, and I can say without a doubt, like solemnly, that it is definitely one of the most you know 
worst operating systems out there uh, when it comes I mean, to user friendliness honestly uh, because like compared it's it's there's so many you know one day things will work then the next day boom it blows up you don't know what the hell is going on your entire systems imploded bluetooth doesn't work for some reason and your display is like glitching out and for some reason icons are loading on your desktop and for some reason you're not able to find the files on yeah, your downloads yeah, folder we, we, no. yeah we hear your frustration some, sometimes, but it's not it's not as no, bad as no, it's not no, as it is, bad as it, it can get though sometimes you want to you want to reinstall your desktop environment and you end up deleting your entire file system right it goes crazy I but mean, you know what i mean i mean before we started this podcast <laughs> you just deleted your desktop while copying an image yeah yeah so i so, mean so, so i deleted my desktop i mean instead of that i mean it depends on the user and the distro that you're using no, so no, no, wait so let's give them look, let, 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 I'll, i'll sum it up i'll sum okay. it up okay quickly i'll sum it okay. up okay it is chaotic it is a mess but it is worth it because no. you learn okay. things okay. you learn so much from okay. it you so learn, it's an experience honestly the chaos and the trouble depends on your distro of choice so distro is like different o- os which use linux i kind of disagree i mean pop be honest i mean pop os is the most stable. no no so of course there is there is a degree of stability yeah. that a different distribution I mean, can give you i mean so, i mean i mean if you were talk you hmm. if you were in 2010s hmm. i wouldn't be making the statement because that hmm. was horrible that time was horrible for linux li- yeah linux as a desktop for normal people as, as, as a second grader i suffered at the hands of linux <laughs> but but uh, you know coming coming you know 10 years later coming 10 years later right uh, there are lot of new operating systems that are very user friendly like very normie friendly very you know what do you say it it is it has a very good out of the box experience hmm. so it is not as ba- bad as sanjay denotes it hey, to hey, me hey look i'm just giving you the worst case scenario yeah, man yeah so this is this is like the worst case scenario <laughs> but uh, but you know being from the same field that dealing with all of them is fun like you know ultimately it comes down to the kernel and the way it's built right uh, you know everything flexibility stems from original fundamental design right and no matter how user friendly it gets in the ui front in you know the ux front it is always going to have that degree of instability of craziness of entropy right and i think if you i mean i'm not going to say if you or whatever i think i love linux because i you know you love the problems no <laughs> no i hate I, the problems i, I, I mean the, i mean this is sort of a stockholm syndrome no 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 it's not a stockholm syndrome i feel like the more problems you solve with linux it's it's annoying it's a pain in the ass i mean it's a, it's, it's, a, a, it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle i mean the more problems you solve with linux the better you get you know the smarter i mean but this is definitely not for everyone it's like, definitely not, not for, for everyone. everyone but like again i'm saying i mean the as, you, as, you, as you said the past two years how you have faced so much problems I, the past year and a half i've not faced the problem at all like exactly, with macro so it, so it depends on a person's use exactly. case a person's lifestyle so, a person's so, you scenario. know i'm a developer and you know i love just solving problems and i feel like linux has just made me a stronger problem solver and you know i mean i i i currently work as a designer but i'm mainly a developer too hmm. i feel the stability and the power that i got with macos in hmm. terms of just getting stuff done closing down for the day I think that sort of helps me at a point. So basically this this we are we are two different people definitely living two different lives. Definitely right? definitely. Yeah, and so and I feel like you know for me understand again I believe that if you understand the Linux kernel if you understand how to use Linux if you understand I mean li- li- Linux is like the second step into computing. So yeah, honestly I mean if you if you want to try it it's a really good thing but 
definitely have the time and definitely don't have uninstall it. your file system yeah don't do yeah so don't delete your file I mean, system I, I mean actually if you have the time do everything google stuff i mean have a secondary computer or have a phone nearby where you can google down the issues the community is amazing that's They, right you have solutions for everything you you probably have a stack overflow post for how to copy and paste you honestly <laughs> would i wouldn't be surprised i mean yeah so but like you know fundamentally i believe that if you learn it there's nothing like it you know the, you if you learn it you will have a greater appreciation for your tools and you will be able to I optimize mean, them to mean, a degree yeah, don't mean, greater yeah we don't mean to sound like linux elitist i guess i mean i do i'm kind i yeah, kind he, of he am, is like, one but I you kind know of am one. i i'm i'm but supposed to us kind of like the normie in this yeah. in this whole ordeal it's, yeah, yeah. he so, chose this boring path what can i say guys i mean it's a fun path i i get to explore multiple different sides of things and have a better perspective yeah better perspective i mean i might i might come down to the same path to your perspective don't you use mac os yeah you I mean i can just zoom out for better perspective get it oh you're so bad at this man <laughs> god damn <laughs> but you know again to to conclude i believe that you know if you want to kind of elevate your understanding i believe like like understanding understanding tech right no matter how much it's you know I, oh i just want to get work done understanding tech i mean you know before before even miles. going going to that what is what might be the second reason that you, you might get pulled into linux is maybe running stuff on a lower set of oh, hardware yeah. oh yeah that is something i absolutely forgot yeah. to mention low this thing linux works so, wonders so on a crappy what, machine so what what would what would be the minimum requirement for running windows in modern time because most people run windows uh, uh probably 8 gigs of ram no uh, i mean i3 10th gen four, i would say 4 gigs of ram i3 no no dude i mean like what are we talking about browsing right uh document like office excel hmm and probably netflix or you know streaming services mm. right so chrome it on its own probably takes up like 5 to 6 gigs on a good day definitely and the system on its own will require 2 gigs so 4 gigs would be base base if you're like mm. you really start for cash and like just need to get something that yeah that, that you know that you just need to open one screen on see the point is so you, you probably need minimum 8 gigs exactly right? i3 10th gen mm-hmm. and probably an ssd for a quick experience mm. but on an i3 5th gen 4 gigs of ram 1 tb 5400 rpm hard drive that's a terrible speed by the way for those yeah. who don't understand that I, no this is just not random this is the computer i had before <laughs> the mac before a macbook it was b- battery smooth like it was really good yeah i i i, I, I could i i can't say that i will probably be able to render something but for using a browser being on a discord call using spotify in the background again you know linux smooth. is flexible so you know tomorrow if you want to create a version that's you know mac linux or some crap like that you can honestly go ahead and do it and you can probably remove things that you don't need so that you exactly. have a better experience I mean, exactly you can edit the kernel if you want no, it's, it's open not, source it's not even you can, about the kernel yeah, it's, it's always about the kernel no it's not no, not, no, yeah. no nobody cares about the kernel like you do okay so let's say you you don't even listen to music ouch let's say you don't even listen to music it's supposed to be it's a purely just reading material like you're you're just going to use it for your research or studying right you can just completely remove everything audio related just for the fun of it 
and have a purely focused machine but let's say you're a pure audio that maniac is honestly the worst idea please don't do that just press the mute button man i mean and if you're if you're a purely an audio maniac no if you are an actual maniac not if you're an audio maniac what that's any suggestion <laughs> my guy <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean it's about having fun <laughs> I mean I I did that for a while when I when I was like purely studying. Like I said if you're a real maniac you do this you don't do this if you're an audio maniac. You I mean I, a I mean I think that's a conversation for another time. But if you enjoyed this guys come back for our next episode next week or sometime soon. Yeah, that's we have a variety of guests so many I bet. Yeah, next time you won't be here. I'm, yeah, you're too much trouble. I'm just going to kick you out and just call someone else, you know, someone off the street. I literally hired you my friend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm literally, I, 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 I'm literally I, I, like, I staged the coup. It's okay. I'm literally, I'm like your manager. What are you gonna do? Yeah, manage me. But I'm still, I'm still gonna be the person on the podcast. Oh God, you know what? Have a good <laughs> night. We're all tired as fuck. Good night. <laughs>